everybody welcome to another episode of spooky state of mind spooky (laughs) so this week is going to be a little bit different for me in the past you have heard ale do a couple of minisodes and i figured this time i should give it a try i know this is real soon compared to the last episode that she uploaded just with the holidays it's been crazy and we're still kind of uh struggling with finding a schedule to this and all i didn't realize how difficult this could be today is gonna be just me and i hope you all enjoy it just wanted to uh kind of go over a little bit of how my week has been as we usually do i know christmas just passed i hope you all had a wonderful holiday time i know not everyone celebrates christmas um, but i hope you got to spend it with all your loved ones and you had lots of food and played games and had a lot of fun i know you know the new year is coming to end to an end and we're going to be celebrating that so I'm pretty excited for that. Um, and not to get ahead, you know, I wanted to wait to talk with Ale about New Year's resol- resolutions and stuff. But I'm very excited for this coming year. I, I want to do a lot of new things and just kind of change my lifestyle and have a better lifestyle and so on. So I'm very excited for that. But I can tell you all about that the next time you hear me and Ale together. Uh, so yeah, uh, Christmas I for me was very fun. Typically, well not typically, over the last couple of years i've been fortunate enough where i can celebrate two christmases one with my family and one with my fiance's family so that's what we did again this year and had a really good time had a lot of food got some pretty great gifts and gave some pretty great gifts Uh, that's probably one of my favorite things to do is to give gifts to uh, my family and his family and stuff so my week has been pretty normal nothing too eventful my work as i've said many times before is not very exciting it's very repetitive week after week which is no complaints if anyone out there is listening (laughs) i'm not complaining i enjoy my job (laughs) but um yeah so this week i decided i wanted to read you guys a little story uh ale and i are very big on subreddits and stuff uh like scary story ones Uh, no sleep we've talked about before they're short scary stories. I'm a big fan of the two sentence horror stories. And so I find myself on those very often. And I found a couple of no sleep posts that I've been looking forward to sharing with you all. So uh, this is one that I read recently that I enjoyed a lot. And I thought I would share it with you. So this one is titled, Something Happened 63 Years Ago That's Haunted Me My Entire Life. I've never told anyone about it until now. OP, uh, he says, it's official, I'm an old man. For the last couple years, I've comforted myself by saying, I'm in my early 70s, but math is simple and unforgiving. Today is my 75th birthday and God, the years do fly. I'm not here for your well wishes. This is hardly a milestone I'm excited about. I'm glad to still be here, of course, but I find I have less and less to live for with every passing year. My bones ache. Same. I'm just kidding. They were built different back then. Now we're 25 and our knees can barely handle it. But he says, my bones ache. My kids live far away and the other side of my bed has been empty for just over eight months now. I may have nothing to live for after all this. 
So he says, spare me the happy birthdays and the congratulations for making it this long. He says, I'm just here to tell you a story. If I'm perfectly honest, I've never told anybody this story because it scares me almost to death. But death seems friendlier than it used to. So listen close. The year was 1950. The setting, a small town in Maine. I was a boy of nine, rather small for my age, with only one friend in the world to speak of, and his family decided to move 2,000 miles away. So it was shaping up to be a pretty bad summer for me. My dad wasn't around, and my mom was a chore whore. (laughs) Pretty funny. I like that. Um, But yeah, he says my mom was a chore whore, so I wasn't really up to hanging around the house. With some hesitation, I decided the public library was the place to be that summer. The library's collection of books, particularly children's books, was meager to say the least. But within the walls of that structure, I would find no undone chores, no nagging mother, God rest her soul, and perhaps most importantly, no other children with whom I would be expected to associate with. Uh, I was the only kid with the low enough social status to spend this precious day of freedom sulking amid the bookshelves, and that was okay with me. First half of my summer was even more dreadful. I would sleep in until 10, do my chores, and then ride my bike to the library. And once there, I would split my time between unintentionally annoying the elderly patrons and deliberately doing so. The dreary days turned to woeful weeks. I had actually begun praying for school to start again. And I think we've all been there. Not all summers were fun for me for as a kid, I know that much. Until I discovered the basement. I could have swore I'd roamed every inch of that library, but one day, in the far corner behind the foreign language collection, I stumbled across a small wooden door I had never seen before, and that's where it all began. The door was windowless, made from oak that looked far older than the wall in which it rested. It had a knob of black metal that quite literally looked ancient. I wouldn't have been surprised to learn it was crafted in the 17th century. Engraved in the knob was what appeared to be a single footprint. I had the sense that whatever lay beyond this door was forbidden to me and therefore probably the most interesting thing I would encounter all summer. I quickly glanced around to make sure nobody was watching me, then turned the heavy knob, slipped behind the door, and shut it. There was nothing, only darkness. I took a couple of steps and then stopped, unnerved by the totality of the shadow which surrounded me. I waved my hands in front of me in an attempt to find a wall or a shelf or anything I can hold on to. What I found was far more subtle, small string dangling from above, but far more useful. I grabbed it firmly and pulled it down. Back in the day, lots of light bulbs were operated with strings, and this was one of them. My surroundings were instantly illuminated. I was standing on a small, dusty platform and looked as though I hadn't seen life in quite some time. To my left was a crickety-ass spiral staircase made of wood and appearing ready to collapse at any second. The bulb was the only source of light in the room, and it was feeble. So when I peered over the railing to see what lay below, the bottom of the staircase dissolved into the darkness. I was beginning to feel scared. This place, wherever I was, seemed to have no business in a town library. It was as though I were in a completely different building. But no nine-year-old likes to let a mystery go unsolved. Looking back, I wish I could tell myself to turn around, go back, 
do anything else besides descending the staircase. You'll be spared a lot of sleepless nights, I would say. But of course, I didn't know that then. And I may not have listened even if I had. So instead of turning back, I took a deep breath, gripped the railing, and glared resolutely forward as I began my descent. The wood on the railing was dry and covered with splinters. I immediately let go, holding my hands out for balance as I carefully traversed the staircase. It was, or at least seemed, very long, and with only the dim glow from the string bulb far above me, my heart pounded mercilessly in the darkness. Even kids can sense when something isn't right, I think. They just don't always give a shit. By the time my feet reached the cement floor at the bottom, the light from the bulb above was very nearly a memory, but there was a new light source. And man, I'll never forget it. Directly in front of me was a door, massive and a deep shade of red. The light was coming from behind the door, and it shone out in thin lines from all four sides. A sinister, dimly glowing rectangle. For the second time, I took a deep breath and went through the door I shouldn't have. In contrast to the dank room I entered from, the room behind the door was blinding. When my eyes adjusted, what I saw nearly took my breath away. It was a library. The most perfect library imaginable. I gaped in wonder as I stepped almost reverently further into the room. It was beautiful. It was smaller than the library above, much smaller, but it seemed to be almost tailor-made for me. The shelves were packed with brightly colored tiles. Both armchairs in the middle of the room were exquisitely comfortable. And the smell, my goodness, the smell, was simply unbelievable. Sort of a mixture of citrus and pine. I simply can't do it justice with words. So I'll suffice it to say that I've never smelled anything better. Not in my 75 years. What was this room? Why had I never heard of it before? Why was nobody else here? Those were the questions I should have been asking. But I was intoxicated. As I gazed around at all the books and basked in the smell of paradise, I could only form one thought. I will never be bored again. In truth, boredom only hid from me for three years. It was on my 12th birthday, 63 years ago to this day, that everything changed. Before that day, I visited my basement sanctuary as often as I could, usually several times a week. I never saw another soul down there, yet strangely remained free of suspicion. I never removed a book from that room, but instead would pick up a particular volume wherever I had stopped reading during my previous visit. I sat always in the same deep purple armchair, and always leaving its twin barren and directly across from myself. That armchair was mine. The other was, well I suppose I couldn't have articulated then much better than I can now, but it wasn't mine, that's for damn sure. On my 12th birthday, I arrived later than usual. My mom had invited a couple classmates and some cousins over to our house to celebrate. A gesture which I found more tedious than touching, really. I just wanted to spend my birthday sitting and reading and smelling paradise. Eventually, our guests went home and I made it to the library about 15 minutes before closing time. That didn't matter. The workers never checked down there before they locked up anyways. I was free to stay as late as I wanted to. This particular night, I was devouring the final chapter of an epic adventure. Nights, 
swords, dragons, and the like. I didn't smell it until I read the final words and closed the book. The once exquisite aroma of that room had turned sour. I sat for a moment, unsettled. Objectively, I could recognize that the smell was actually the same as it had been before. That mixture of citrus and pine. I just perceived it differently, and I didn't like it anymore. It was the nasal version of an optical illusion. You know, the one that looks like a young woman glancing backward, but all of a sudden you see that it's really an old woman facing toward you? You can't unsee that, and I couldn't unsmell this. The spell was broken. The odor also seemed, for the first time, to be coming from somewhere specific. With a fair amount of trepidation, I stalked around the room, sniffing the air like a crazed canine until I came to a shelf near the back. The shelf was normal, with the exception of one title. A large leather-bound cover of solid faded maroon with one striking black footprint at the top of the spine. This was the source of the smell. I opened the front and saw one sentence scrawled neatly in blood-red ink atop the first page. Rest your sorrows down, friend, and leave them where they lie. I stared at this sentence, mesmerized, as I began to retreat to my chair. I turned a page, blank. The smell became stronger. Another page, blank, and the smell grew stronger still. I stopped for a moment, suppressed a gag, and continued walking. Then, as I neared the armchair, I turned one final page, and there, in the same sinister print, was the last thing I expected to see. My own name. I dropped the book. I began to sprint toward the door, but as I shifted my gaze forward, my heart leapt to my throat and I stopped in my tracks. The empty chair wasn't empty anymore. An aged man in a suit sat before me, one leg crossed over the other, contemplating me with piercing gray eyes and a light smirk. This was all too much. I fell to my knees and expelled the contents of my stomach onto the carpet. I heard the man chuckle. I stared at him disbelievingly. Who are you? I asked in my panicked voice. The man leapt to his feet, grabbed me gently by the shoulders, and helped me to my chair. He sat down. I fear we got off to a bad start, he said, glancing at the pile of sick on the carpet. The smell, it does take some getting used to. Who are you? I repeated. Tonight, you will know hardship like you've never before known, he said. I come as a friend, offering you refuge from it and from all other storms which lie ahead. I wanted nothing more than to leave at that moment, but I remained seated. I asked him what he was talking about. Your mother is dead, my boy, by her own hand in her kitchen. The scene is gruesome, I must admit. He said in sorrowful tones, but was there a playful glint in his eye? Surely you wish to avoid this path. I can show you a safer one. My blood ran cold at the horrors this man spoke, but I didn't believe him. What do you want with me? I demanded, trying to sound braver than I felt. He laughed, an old raspy yelp that seemed to shake him to his bones. Nothing but your friendship, he said. Then sensing I found his answer inadequate, he expounded. I want you to come on a journey with me. My work is noble, and you will make a fine apprentice. And maybe when I'm done, maybe then my work can be yours. 
I stood up, shuffling toward the door, but never breaking his gaze. You're crazy, I told him. My mom isn't dead. She's not. See for yourself. If you must, he said, gesturing toward the door. I threw him a contemptuous glare and bolted for the exit. As my hand closed around the knob, he said my name softly. In spite of myself, I turned around. Your road won't be easy, friend. If it ever becomes too much for you, and I mean ever, you know where to find me. I slammed the door behind me and took the decrepit stairs two at a time. I exited the library, clambered onto my bike, and hightailed it home. The front door was wide open. I dismounted and left my bike on the ground and approached the house cautiously. The old man was lying. He must have been. Still, tears began to sting my eyes. Heart pounding, I stepped inside and called for my mother. Mom. Mom. I heard no answer, so I turned into the kitchen. Mom. Mom. To this day, I don't know why she did it. Mom. I've lived in that small town in Maine my entire life, although I've kept mostly clear of the public library. Once in my late 20s, I summoned the courage to step inside. Life was good at that time, and my fear had begun to morph into idle curiosity. Where the door to my basement sanctuary once stood was only a blank wall. I asked the librarian what had become of that basement, though in my heart I knew the answer. There was no basement, she said. There had never been a basement. In fact, if she had her facts correctly, city's ordinances prohibited a basement in the area. I've been haunted by that sickly sweet smell, that poisonous blend of citrus and pine ever since that long ago birthday. When I saw my mother in the kitchen that day, collapsed in a pool of her own blood, I smelled it. When a man claiming to be my father knocked on my college apartment door, begged me for money, and beat the crap out of me within an inch of my life. When I refused, I smelled it. When my wife miscarried our second child, I smelled it. And again, when she miscarried our fourth. When our oldest son got behind the wheel of the family Buick, completely shit-faced, and got his girlfriend killed, I smelled it. I began to smell it periodically as my wife became sick. She died late last year, and now I'm alone for the first time in more than half a century. Now I smell it every day, and it feels like an invitation. A few months ago, I went back to the library, and the small oak door with the ancient handle was there, right where it used to be. My evening walk has brought me past that library every day since. But I haven't gone inside. Maybe tonight I will. I'm frightened to die, yes, but lately, I'm even more frightened to keep living. The old man was right. My road hasn't been easy, and I doubt it will get any easier. Rest your sorrows down, friend, and leave them where they lie. He promised relief, a refuge, he said. Was he right about that, too? There's only one way to find out. After all, I still know where to find him. And that concludes this story. So I was reading the comments just to see kind of what people thought of all, you know, the old man was or who he was or what. Obviously, he's death. Obviously, when he smells that citrus 
and pine scent. It's because death is around. What I thought was interesting was when he says how in his late 20s, life was good. He didn't smell it. Or he didn't mention smelling it. But he did say he stopped by the library and there was no door. So life was going well. There was no reason for the door to be there. It seems to be available to him when things are going tough. So... It would make sense for the door to not be there. And I thought that was pretty interesting. But yeah, that's really all there is to that. It's pretty obvious, you know, what all that was. But I still like to see what other people have to say about these stories. But yeah, that's, that will pretty much conclude this episode. I hope you all enjoyed this story. And we promise we'll give you a, a, a long, <laughs> a normal episode next. I just thought it was about time I did one of these since Alice got too over on me you know but yeah i hope you all enjoyed it and we will see you next time for another spooky episode so i hope you all enjoyed this episode if you have any comments any requests a story that you would like for us to tell feel free to send us an email at spooky state of mind at gmail.com or you can find us on instagram spooky state of mind and send us a dm Um, We would love to be able to put some listener stories on here. I feel like that would be really cool. So uh, yeah, go ahead and do that if you have anything to say. We'll take them all. Until next time, stay spooky.